welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episodes 34 through 37, Darby the Gambler Part 1 through Whole Horse and Boingo, or Mondata Part 2. Born for trouble, twice for acting, ready to spring on a moment's notice. Feels like a trigger, waiting to be pulled, covered in sweat, it ain't nice. Even when it's full time dripping, dripping sweat Rivers are running down my back It makes me slippery like a fish If I don't stop, I might drown, I might drown Falling, falling down, 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 down The cool boys beat the dust They couldn't take the pressure The cool girls got knocked up The other day, I saw some of um, Chicago PD. Have you seen that? Is that the one with, uh... oh, wow, why am I blanking on his name? Mustache guy. No, no, Tom Selleck? No, that's Blue Bloods. Tom, yeah. Okay. Chicago PD is, I don't know who the main guy is in it, but he has the most annoying voice that I think I've ever heard on one of those kinds of programs. Like, I'm sorry you did not enjoy my role. Yeah, well, yeah. But, no, he, he sounds like, um, it sounds like he's smoked ten packs of cigarettes every day since he was, uh, in the womb. Like, everything, it's just like, we've we found some perps over... On uh, 8th Street, we gotta sit a car, send somebody to go get him. He sounds like that all the time. It's awful. Is he prone to fits of coughing? Does he have bronchitis? I know, I don't think so. Like, I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. I haven't looked into this. I'm gonna feel really bad if it turns out, like, he had throat cancer at some point. (laughs) (laughs) And they took it out. This, This man does not have one of his lungs. Yeah. It has to be something like that. Nobody sounds like that naturally, right? No, not unless you've, like, done something to yourself. That's the only way. Yeah. This is like my uh, Lou Fregno thing, where, like, I thought the reason he talked funny was that, like, I thought he got hit in the head a bunch. (laughs) No, it turns (laughs) out he's deaf. Well, that was just stupid. Yeah, now, this, this took listening to him talk with Molly Matlin a lot. Marley and then, like Marley Madeline, I'm. Uh, yeah, like like they were on The Apprentice that that one time, yeah, and like had conversations with each other, and then it wasn't until like he talked about being dead that I was like, oh, oh, um. oh. <laughs> Whatever happened to the host of The Apprentice? What's he up to? Uh, I don't know. I think that there were like some differences between him and the station, so they brought Arnold Schwarzenegger on, oh, and he yeah. had the lowest ratings ever. Yeah, so they I, got rid of him. Yeah, I heard. Sad. I heard it was failing. 
Yeah, failing yeah. apprentice. Yep. Sad. Failing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, sad. Uh, uh, I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle, fan of The Apprentice, as we all are. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love watching Meatloaf cry. I love Gary Busey yelling at people. <laughs> yeah. I love Adam Carolla just being Adam Carolla and then wondering why the fuck he got kicked off of something. I love Andrew Dice Clay quitting on the first day like in the very <laughs> first challenge because he couldn't bake enough muffins. <laughs> to be fair, I think it's every job Andrew Dice Clay has ever had in his life, he has quit on the first day. Well, either that or he shows up the first day and says, Hickory Dickory Duck, and they're like, you're fired, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not letting you finish that joke. No, nope. get out. We warned you. Yeah, that none of that. You know what? I liked the Celebrity Apprentice, and it was entirely because of the celebrities that they got on there. It had nothing to do with any of those fuckers hosting the show. Nope, I never watched any of the regular Apprentice. Y yeah, I would not have the patience for that. Uh, also, seriously, I cannot stress this enough. I love watching Meatloaf cry. Yeah, and I love seeing. Uh, Gary Busey argue with people Yeah and you know what I like seeing Gary Busey make Meatloaf cry <laughs> That's right <laughs> Like Meatloaf's crying and Gary's just like Let me tell you about What fear actually means It stands for false evidence Appearing real All those hot Buseyisms. This so your impression of Busey at the start sounded like the impression of the Chicago PD guy that yeah. you did. It just built up this idea of what if Gary Busey were on Chicago PD. Oh man, that'd be <laughs> good. That show would be oh, that would be extremely watchable. Yeah, yeah, I kind of had to dial in the Busey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You uh, know what else is extremely watchable though? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Well, most of the time. After we I got past the speed bump of last week. God, yeah. 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 We got a good uh, set of four episodes this time, though. Yes, we do. We've got uh, these episodes that got all. We got uh, we got gambling. Uh, we're going to go down gambling. Um, we've got Boingo. He's back. No Oingo. Yep. But Boingo. No. We got our uh, our big boy, Whole Horse. Uh, and yeah. we got um, we got Joe Taro actually doing stuff. Oh yeah, we have uh, uh, Polnareff becoming even dumber than Joe Taro for once. Yeah, get written out of like a couple of episodes, unfortunately. Uh, Joe Taro though, I, I was going to say he actually does stuff over the course of all four of these episodes, but that's not quite true. He does stuff. Somewhat in the first episode we're going to go through He does a lot in the second one And then in the third and the fourth Most of it's just Jotaro standing around Looking around going Huh? Huh? Uh -huh. Just a box <laughs> Yeah What was that noise? <laughs> I mean literally there's a character hiding under a box In the middle of the road <laughs> Uh, Boingo, or as some would call him, Mandata. That's right, some would. Yeah, all these episodes for me, by the way, is the broadcast version. Mm. Uh, and yeah. we get some of the best slash worst of them blocking stuff out with shadows, but yep. we will get to that. Yep. 
That was weird. Yeah. The gang's in Cairo! They finally made it. We did it. We're here. Cairo. Yay. The big city. The big apple. Only 15 more episodes left in Cairo now that they're here. The Golden Arches, they call it. Oh, Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, they Romancing go Romancing the Stone. So, they're showing around the spirit photo that Joseph has taken of Dio's hideout, uh, but nobody's able to point them to it. And they go to a bar, and this dude's just like, yeah, I might have seen that building, but uh, only if you pay me money. Give me the money. Pay the man uh, his money. Money, money, money. Yeah, Assassin's Creed 2 in PC. <laughs> money, money. <laughs> yeah, so they... I was I like doing an impression of, of uh, uh, oh god, John Malkovich in Rounders. You never see Rounders? <laughs> no, actually, I have not. That's your John Malkovich? Uh, yeah, he's doing a really bad Russian accent in that movie. Oh, now I really need to go see that. It's good. I mean, it's not good, but it's good. The last thing I saw John Malkovich in was Red 2, which is oh. also good. Yeah. So, uh, they, I like this bit, though. They all order iced tea, and they are so fed up of looking that they drink it angrily in unison. <laughs> yeah. They're all lined up, and they all have shadow eyes. Also, I guess they just gave up <laughs> on their policy that. of, oh, we need to watch out, because there could be stand users anywhere. We should only drink things that are in bottles. Yeah, so good thing that they decided to give up on that in a bar that has a stand user who also paid off literally everybody in the bar. Sure. If, if Darby were not the sort of man he is, a natural-born gambler, uh, he could have just told the barkeep, like, yeah, you know, put poison in their glass, and then, like, just sort of count on if they didn't drink it, then I guess I'd have to use my stand. Yeah. Because his stand, he needs their permission. Uh, yeah, which is unusual, but he manages to bait one of them, a special boy named Polnareff, into it, and that sort of ropes the rest of them in because it starts off with like, well, we got to save Polnareff now. Uh, uh. So they're about to move on. And that is when Darby from the back is like, I've seen that building. And I'll tell you where it is, but you got to best me in a bet. Yeah, he doesn't want just money. No, money, money, money. money. Oh, he's like, all right, look, you can bet on anything. Check this out. There's a cat over there. I've got these two pieces of fish. I'm going to toss two of them out. Now we bet on which one of them it'll pick up first. Left or right. Go, 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 go. Bet, bet. And they do. Right. Right, right. Left. I bet right. Left. What? Well, I'm betting right. Okay, I bet left. Is this going to end up like our... (laughs) Remember, you're very bad at betting, and you've also already seen this episode, so, like, that's an extra bad bet, because you should remember which one won. I will bet you the next volume of the Jejonium release of of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that the cat goes for the right piece of dried (laughs) fish. Okay, I'll bet. This is binding. Okay. Uh, So... 
Paul Riff also binds himself to this bet uh, by saying that he'll ante up uh, with his soul. Like, that's Darby's condition, is if he loses, he will tell them the location of, of Dio's hideout, and if Polnareff loses, he forfeits his soul, and Polnareff's like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. There's no possible way you could steal my soul. It's not like I've seen men live inside mirror worlds <laughs> and, like, women turn themselves into thermostats and, like, gigantic teeth getting drilled through by ghost people. Like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. This is crazy. You're crazy. There's no way. Come on. Like, betting my soul? No, that's just crazy. This is the same Polnareff who argued about the existence of a mirror world, saying that everything else before this was so insane that it would make sense for there to be a mirror world, and Kakyoin was the one who was like, no, don't be crazy. Yeah. Losing his soul, that's... That's the line. Polnareff, this guy who literally watched his sister come back to life as a mud zombie sure. like a few episodes ago. He just decides to pull a mill house and just write an <laughs> IOU for a soul. Sean <sighs> Pierre, what are you doing? Uh, Darby turns him into a pog. Oh, Polnareff's back in pog form. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the the cat ends up he's darting right for the uh, right piece of fish which is bigger and that is why Polnareff made the bet bigger 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 yeah he's bigger. going for the right one yeah and then he banks left wait shit shit I owe you a book now so you just uh, have that shipped directly to me Amazon, that's all right. I must, I must up. It's fine. Keep going. The cat uh, banks left, and then it banks right, and it grabs both pieces of fish. And uh, Pawn Ref has now lost. Uh, so Darby's stand pops out and like picks up Pawn or no, it, it like yanks Pawn Ref's soul out, and then yeah. like starts mashing it up like putty. Yeah, it's playing with it like a like pizza dough or something, just like yeah. rolling it around and stretching out and going wait womp wait womp, and then slaps it into a chip. He's going to press Polnareff's face over like the Sunday Funnies Mary Worth. <laughs> Get check, that imprinted right in there. Check it out. Apartment three G is on his abs. <laughs> Got Gil Thorpe on his back. <laughs> Darby just starts reading off panel by panel the like newspaper Spider-Man for that Sunday <laughs> paper. He says, oh, that's Snuffy Smith. <laughs> uh, anyway, turn him into a poker chip. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Polnareff is compressed into a poker chip and... Uh, then the cat jumps up on Darby's shoulder. He's like, by the way, this is my cat. I taught him that trick. Pretty cool, huh? I yep. cheated. Fuck you. <laughs> that is a good trick, though. <laughs> Which, like, that doesn't make any... That doesn't make any sense. That no. doesn't make any sense. So, if he trained the cat to go for the smaller piece of fish, that's not necessarily cheating. 
because there was no way to ensure that Polnareff would not just bet on the left piece of fish. True. Like, that was still a choice that the other person in the bet made, and it totally could have just as easily not gone Darby's way. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's Darby does actual things to, like, cheat later in these next two episodes. Like, Everything else that he does is, like, actually a good cheat, but, like, this thing with the cat is a real bad cheat. Maybe he gave a signal to the cat so it would know which one to pick up. Uh, maybe, because I, so I've begun, uh, as a side note, reading my volumes of the comic, and I've now finished, uh, part one, Phantom Blood, and I noticed a very important difference between the comic and the anime, which is the comic actually does say you can channel Haman through metal. Okay. It is that the reason Zapelli couldn't break the door was that the metal was just far too thick to properly, like, get Haman through as, like, a breaking force. Okay. So the stuff with the sword actually makes sense. Like, he could channel Haman through that. It's not so thick that it sure. wouldn't be a good conductor. But then what was up with the... Joseph and the Sledgehammer in part two, where he had to put I the oil it, on it. I think it is probably just that oil is a much better conductor than just raw dog in it. Hmm, okay. It's like Geralt. Just gotta <laughs> yeah. spread it. We probably said that back in that episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, write in, let us know. Need I to prepare to this, tin this tincture, however you would pronounce that. <laughs> To fight vampires. Tincture? 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 Oh. Tincture? Uh, I'm not sure. Tincture? I think it's tincture. I think it's tincture. Uh, uh, okay. Oh. You know, the cool thing is, never going to say that word again for the rest of my life, I bet. Yeah, here's another cool I thing. I don't think it's ever going to come care. up. I don't care. Yeah, same. So, whatever. It, it was a bad, it was a bad cheat aside and hey maybe the comic actually hasn't given a signal i don't know uh but then avatol uh oh no i was about to just read the same thing that i already went through um but <laughs> yeah my bad because yeah, uh, just... Av avatol is the one that starts getting angry that they got scanned but then darby points out that like you know if he gets scanned it's your own fault for being like too dense to see through the scam yeah sure it's not a cheat if you get it's away with it yeah, basically, like, that's Darby's whole philosophy. I'm telling uh, you, the, so the... these two episodes are just so kaiji that you enjoyed this and you would really like that show. I, I am thinking that I need to give that a shot, because, like, I really, really do love the Darby episodes. The whole, like, the first, I think it's eight episodes of season two is just about a dice game and him figuring out how <laughs> the other dude is rigging it and getting back at him. I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of cool ways that Darby does cheat, like, going forward. Um, yeah. Like, I actually thought that the, this first half of this episode, uh, up until Polnareff gets compressed into a chip, I actually thought moved kind of slowly and wasn't that good, but it's when uh, Joseph breaks out his trick that I, like, started to turn around on it. Because Joseph is the next one to take a bet against Darby, but it's going to be uh, Joseph's game, which is that he fills a glass all the way up to the top with like uh, whiskey or bourbon or something. Uh, so it's totally flush with the top of the glass. And then he says, hey, grown adult man sitting across from me, 
Have you ever heard of surface tension before? Uh, yeah. Who hasn't? Everyone knows. It... What the fuck, Joseph? Joseph? So he ex <laughs> So we get the dumbest explanation that the audience has ever been given about anything in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is what surface tension is. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, see, it's this force uh, see, of the, the surface of the water, and it's there's tension on it. That's why it's called su surface tension. Everybody knows that they taught that in, like, elementary. Everybody knows. Uh, so the, the game is that... Um, each participant takes turns dropping George, a coin. Hmm? What's surface tension? Surface tension is when you have a surface that has tension. I thought you were about to say, when a surface and some tension love each other very much. <laughs> oh, I should have, though. <sighs> point, point is, the way this game works. They take turns dropping coins into a glass. The first person that causes the surface tension to break and the fluid to overflow the rim of the glass loses. It's a good Pretty game. simple. Yeah. It's, it's actually taken straight from a movie, and I cannot remember the name of the movie. Hmm. Uh, I don't know either. I looked up some information about these episodes afterwards, and it was that Araki was uh, inspired by a very specific movie with this trick. Um, but uh, Darby's like, oh, can I investigate the glass? And Joseph makes his first mistake, which is saying, yeah, sure. So Darby, like, he picks it up, and he's, like, investigating it very carefully, and then he sets it back down. Then he's like, okay, question number two. Can I drop multiple coins into the glass at once? And then Joseph makes mistake number two, which is saying, yeah, why not? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, I like how during this, uh, Joseph keeps calling Darby the wrong name. Like, he yeah. calls him Barbie at one point. Like, Obi. Yeah, there was a... I, so that's part of why I looked this stuff up, is I was wondering if that was referencing, like musicians that were in some way related to Darby's namesake, but it's not. Uh, Terrence Trent Darby? No, I don't think yeah. so. So they, yeah, they duped me into thinking that, like, Obi and Barbie was some sort of, like, other musical reference thing going on, but it's not. Uh, it's just a reference to the song Barbie Girl by Aqua. Oh, um, oh sure, that came out in 1987. Yeah. Well, remember, at this point, they would be at, like, Probably ninety, because uh, there was the Mariah Carey reference. So, but obviously, it's still way too early for Barbie Girl. But hey, yeah, Iraqi. So he was on, he was on the cutting edge. So Jotaro notes that because he's intentionally fucking the name up, that Joseph is a natural-born gambler. Because sure. he's like trying to get under his skin. He's got this game all planned out. And, like, to Joseph's credit, he seems to know exactly how many of these coins you could get into the glass before the surface tension breaks, which is why it is even more baffling to me that he would fuck up the order by allowing Darby to drop a whole, bu a whole bunch of coins in at the same time. Well, no, it's, it's not necessarily that. It's because he does the whole thing where he has a piece of cotton that he's hiding that yeah. he's using to put more liquid in it, so he knows exactly how much it would take before... You can't put any more in it, 
And so he just fills it up to that point. So then he figures, all right, now the next turn, he's going to lose. Yeah. And he doesn't. No. Nope. No. Uh, Darby manages to put another coin in, one more than Joseph thought it would take to break the surface tension, and it's still fine. And now Joseph is realizing he's lost because if he puts one more in, it will definitely break. And then we get Darby in all English saying, Go ahead, Mr. Joester. Yes. That was my favorite part. <laughs> he also, when he introduces himself, he does spell out his name. He's just D-A-R-B-Y. Apostrophe, apostrophe after, after the, the D. D. Yeah. The D silent hillbilly. Uh, <laughs> So Joseph starts, like, freaking out, uh, and he acknowledges in his own mind that he's lost, and so because that's an admission of defeat, he ends up losing his soul. Hooray! Way to go, Joseph! You did it, Joe! Yeah! Joe! That's what that show's about. And then Avdol's like, well, fuck it, what if I just murder you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good plan. Yeah, why don't we do this from the start? Uh, but just it turns melt out his good... skull. <laughs> yeah. Cook your brain in your own head, fucker. I mean, he's got these weird metal cheeks. I don't know what the deal is with that. I yeah, I have no idea what's up with that. I don't know it's if it's like, like a tattoo or something. Oh no, it looks like a side of Frieza's head. Oh, he has those things. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like the weird sort of cheek vents. Yeah. Uh, but Darby reveals that if he dies, then nobody's soul will be freed. Uh huh. Which I don't think is, I don't think maybe true, uh, given the way that these couple of episodes end. But you know, Darby is also a gambler, and he's very likely just sort of bluffing. No, I think the way this ends is because he knows that he lost. See, I thought it was more that he lost consciousness. Because no. there was another recent episode that we watched where it was, um, oh, it was uh, Alessi's power stopped working when he he lost consciousness. Yeah, I mean, because if otherwise... if Stan's power is tied to your mental state, losing control over your mental state would cause your stand to stop working, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, but but all of those other souls get freed, and if that's the case, like he got those years ago, and. If uh, just being knocked out would make them, like, if that would free them, then they would have been freed the first time he went to sleep. But see, then that's the other thing that we learned, is if you go to sleep, you can bring your stand into your dreams under the right conditions? I think you're overthinking this. And it's... <laughs> the rules are inconsistent. Uh, no, I think it's just that he admitted that he lost. I I guess I just could also see him lying about like if his brain got put to sleep forever it would still reverse his power. Put my brain to sleep, I'll put your fucking souls to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I remember that bit where uh Darby got drove out into the desert by Joe Pesci and yelled at. <laughs> They're coming for the souls, Avdol. They're gonna find them. Uh, so Different movie, but <laughs> it's, yeah, 
it's uh during all this that Jotaro notices that there's a melted piece of chocolate under the rim of the glass and Darby was eating chocolate earlier so what he did was when he inspected the glass he wiped a bit of chocolate on it so it would be tilted ever so slightly and then when he dropped his last coin in he had moved out of the way of uh the sun so it could shine down on the chocolate and melted and so then he could redistribute the surface tension which is what caused joseph to lose it's a good plan yes it is a very elaborate plan i feel like a lot of things could have gone wrong with it but it worked yep well hey he's a gambler yeah he knows when to hold him knows when to fold him knows when to walk away knows when to run yep you never count your chocolate when you're sitting at the table Time enough when the dealing is done. Yeah. So, uh, Jotaro's like, all right, I am up next because Avdol, you ain't shit. And we're going to play poker. That's the episode. That's it. That's the episode. Great. The end. I actually really like uh, Joseph's whole thing with the the whiskey glass, the surf attention game. I thought the the way they paced that out and handled that was a lot of fun. Uh huh. I liked it. Conrad screaming about cats and fish, though. <laughs> sure. Eh. 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 Okay, let me all the see. other all the other gambles in these two episodes are great. That first one is mostly just a lot of setup, and so it's not really that like dynamic, I guess. Manga anime differences. Here we go. Let's see what the wiki has to say. Added a scene where the Crusaders arrive in Cairo. Added a flashback where Darby gambled against the Moore family in person. That's it. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's a correction from the last episode because I said that they already arrived in Cairo, and I guess they didn't. I thought they did too. But mm. no. uh, speaking of corrections, I have a sort of kind of correction for a couple episodes back when we had uh, Oingo. Okay. And his whole face rearranging thing. I had mentioned that face smushing thing that they watched on Mrs. Doubtfire. And I wasn't sure what it was from, and we kind of talked about, like, maybe that was the thing they made for just that movie. Uh, It's an episode of The Outer Limits, uh, titled The Hundred Days of the Dragon. Okay. Sure. Which, the reason I know that, interestingly enough, stumbled across it doing a totally unrelated search to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And then just remembered, like, oh yeah, I talked about that, like, a few days ago, and wrote it down, so... Okay, cool. What does Rocky have to say uh, about the Outer Limits? What, Rocky? Yeah, I want his director's notes for the 100 what Days is... of the Dragon. Ba- Banjo Ginga, Daniel J. Darby's VA, was simply excellent. This sentence alone would be enough to describe the episode. Of course, Suda didn't stop there. Oh, uh, no, I thought that was it. That would have been <laughs> great if it was. No, Su- director Suda has a lot to say. He always does. Uh, Jotaro and company have finally arrived in Cairo, but they are already gambling in a cafe. Polnareff is aggressive and is masterfully tricked, so his chances of winning were slim. 
<laughs> I think the episode gives a really good visual of the playing cards. In fact, we had asked a professional magician to do some moves. We filmed it and used it as reference material for the animation. I wonder if they got Ricky J. Like he's he's the guy, right? Think they got yeah, Ricky I mean, J of Deadwood fame? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's on his IMDb. Oh, okay. I, well, I Dar- Darby's Hands, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Season 3. Oh. Well, it's Season 2. Uh, it's... Wait. Yeah, it's Part I, 3. Okay, I, I keep forgetting that this is still, like... Because we came off of a, like, mostly an average-sized TV show season yeah. into seasons that are anime seasons where it's, like, 45 episodes. I'm going to keep making that mistake until the end of time. Well, it's also because they split it into two parts for, I'm yeah. going to say, uh, no apparent reason. Because there wasn't even sure. a huge gap in between the two parts. Well, even, but but the way that they kind of handled that, too, made it seem like it was an end-of-season episode with the whole way they did that montage and that big wrap-up there. Yeah. Uh, it's so, it's weird, but... And you get, yeah, theme changes and everything, but... yeah. Well, that that's not necessarily a thing. Like as you'll see in the next part, which has like yeah. four different openings. Uh, but well, yeah, and yeah. anime does that a lot. Not necessarily even going between seasons, so that's not like a unusual thing. But but still, like the the way they kind of handled and presented everything, kind of made it seem to me like there was an actual gap there. Yes, I actually feel like it probably should be counted as a different season. Uh, but it continues the same episode numbering, so whatever. Okay, uh, back to Suda. The important stuff. Daniel has some really strange motifs on his face. During the animation process, we had treated them as tattoos, but in truth, I confess, I have no idea what they could be. Ha ha ha. Oh, the two brothers have similar motifs. Maybe it's something genetic. Also note that even if the story is the same, we've made multiple modifications on this Blu-ray and DVD version. Have fun spotting all the differences. I would guess one of the differences is that JoJo's face isn't blacked out when he's smoking. Yeah, probably. Uh, The American broadcast version of that, by the way, not censored. uh, We we will get it. I have a lot of issues with that, but... Uh, episode... I wrote down 11 because you mentioned that they all have the same numbering, but in this bootleg-ass website I'm using, they do not. They very much treat this as different seasons, so this is episode 11 of Battle in Egypt. Okay. So, Jotaro has uh, Darby shuffled this deck of cards, uh, which is a fresh deck. You can tell by the seal on the deck of cards. That's right, no way to fake that. No. Fun fact, by the way, this is an actual deck of cards that they sold uh, with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure branding. Huh, weird. Yeah, they they had put out decks of cards uh, as promotions for... They they were supposed to be Darby's cards, and if I remember right, like, the actual outside of the package on those is the same one that they have in the episode. Uh, That's cool. and, And again, if I remember right, the outside of that package I don't think is actually the same in the manga. Uh, uh, the the actual backs of the cards are definitely different because in the manga that is a branded thing that they cannot use in the anime. Uh, it's like bicycle or something. Uh, 
yeah, like it's it's some B branding on it, I think, but but yeah. So uh he has him uh shuffle these cards and then he's like, Okay, uh I want you to like just pick any card of this deck, pick a card, take a card, I'll tell you what card it is, and he he guesses it accurately, and then he's like, Okay, I'm gonna tell you the top twelve cards of that deck. And he gets that accurately. And then he says, I could tell you top to bottom in every single card because Star Platinum's eyesight is really, really, really super good, and I watched you shuffle that entire deck. Yeah, somehow... The, the... I kind of don't get how the rest of this episode happens, because it seems like he should just be able to see how the cards are shuffled. Yeah, if he looked at the kid that's shuffling them later on, he should understand, but for some reason he doesn't. But the the whole point of doing this is so he can say, like, okay, now that we've established that I could see every single one of those cards, you know that I will spot you cheating. Well, so he was specifically watching Darby to see if he would cheat before, and he never noticed him putting the chocolate on the glass. Yeah, yeah. We're a star platinum then, jackass. Jotaro. Uh, Jotaro got distracted by something, probably. Oh, he goes in flight. So they, uh, or actually, I got things a little bit out of order. This is where they then they then break out the uh, security sealed deck. They they grab a fresh one, and uh, Jotaro satisfied with it. And while this is going on, Darby's, like, sh- uh, flipping through a book without looking, and he accurately tells what page he stops on. And that is when we get this reveal that Darby can kind of, um, by touch, he can tell exactly what something is. Sort of mm. just, like, this this weird memory that he's got that he can just sort of... Like, he fl- flips through the book, he can tell what page. If he flips through a deck of cards, he could tell which card is what based on touch. Which also doesn't make any sense because there's no physical difference in like in feel between different cards. Yeah, like I guess the implication is that he would see the cards before he shuffles them, memorize what order order they're in, and then he would be able to tell like, oh, I'm at the thirteenth card in this deck, so that's the ace of spades or whatever. Yeah, but which, by the way, not not a stand power. This is just a natural born talent of his. Yeah. Darby's good. He's Hell damn yeah. good. He's the Kurt Angle of card dealing. <clears throat> yeah, but honestly, Darby's kind of crap because the way that he loses this is the dumbest motherfucking thing I've ever seen. As I said, he's the Kurt Angle of card dealing. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that like a wrestling guy? Yes! <laughs> I know, I'm just... <laughs> Come on! He know, looks like a giant thumb. How could you miss Kurt Angle? I know, Everyone I know. knows Kurt Angle. I just wanted to hurt your brain. <sighs> wanted to cause you pain. Well, you so, did. So, uh. <laughs> Good. Yes. I hurt my friend. I did it. Yes. <laughs> my provocation was successful. Let's do a tiny fist pump. <laughs> yes. Actually, did raise both fists in the air. I wish you could see it. Just like so, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, just like Rocky. 
Uh, so Jotaro then has Darby shuffle the deck again, which this seems like a stupid idea. I don't know why Jotaro would do this after we've established on multiple occasions that Darby sucks and cheats. And so what Darby does is he cheats. He tries to do a second deal, which is where you uh, deal the second card from the top. And that means you're reserving the top card for yourself. You would know what it is and you would give yourself an advantage. And when Jotaro detects this, he immediately breaks the fuck out of Darby's pinky finger. I do really like... That's not pinky, it's his index finger. Uh, oh, it is? I, okay. I do really like that, how he just immediately like goes crack and snaps it. He's like, dude, yeah. what? Dude, my finger! <laughs> He's like, I, oh, I saw what damn. you were doing. <laughs> ow! Ow, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> you're mean i don't like playing games with you i don't want to play anymore i'm going home i'm taking these poker shows with me oh, i never want to play games with you again Darby's a sore loser <laughs> kicks a can down the street sure pushes a hoop with <laughs> a stick <laughs> uh so uh is then like okay we need an impartial third party how about we get this boy who's up on this hill over here to shuffle uh and darby's cool with it uh because it turns out darby has also paid this kid off boy you're not ready yet boy i still need to play that game oh it's good surprisingly now that i got this uh Big old fancy new 4K screen. I mm-hmm. definitely should play it. Oh, so, uh, I sent you a, uh, I sent you a Blu-ray, by the way, to celebrate your new TV. Oh, nice! Thank you. You're welcome. You'll get a couple I hope days. This is uh, better than the last time where you literally sent me tiptoes. Oh, Sorry, that's David right. Allen Greer and Bridget the Midget. And well, and Gary Oldman. Uh uh-huh, yes. The role that he was born to play. <laughs> that's right. People always talk about Sis uh, <laughs> actors playing trans characters. What about Gary Oldman playing a little person? <laughs> Is that not more offensive? Where he's just being like dwarf and just putting shoes on his knees and waddling around? I watched that whole thing. It is so fucking bad. Yeah. Not even... Not even for that stuff of like Gary Oldman is playing little dude, but oh god, yeah. So I hope whatever movie you sent me is a good, a good one because I can never tell with you. It is actually this is a good one. Well, I want okay. something that's both good and makes good use of like uh, make you Speed appreciate Racer. your TV. Oh, that would be a good one. Speed Racer is like expensive though. I think. Oh no, I don't have uh, Speed Racer. I should. I tried to find it. Yeah, I need to. I need to put that on my big old uh, movie list since I've now bought a pretty significant chunk of what I had had. So, yeah, uh, I was talking to you earlier. I watched RoboCop two for the first time on that thing. Yeah, and I just want to make it known. I want a record that I think RoboCop reading Miranda rights to a corpse is one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my entire thirty years on this planet. Sure, is. Like that's one of the few movies that has a great kid character because he's just a cursing mafia boss that's hooked on nuke. 
Yeah! I really do like Robocop just gently pressing his fingertips together and saying, I am having trouble. <laughs> I just like all the, the parade of the Robocop 2s. And like the one that just shoots <laughs> itself. Yeah. No, he shoots the two like doctors next to him, then oh, shoots yeah. himself. Yeah. Oh, I it's do like that kid. Uh, of when there's like it's literally here he is, RoboCop two. Like I don't know if it was even intentionally making fun of the idea of them doing a sequel or not, but it worked oh, it... out that way, and I love it. It had to be because then they had that whole conference scene where they're just like, "What would you like to see in the new oh, RoboCop?" And everyone's yes. like. Well, you know, he's a role model for kids, so he's got to be more friendly towards children, and, like, he can't pollute, and what about the environment? He needs to talk about the environment. Right. And don't they have, they got like, that some great... conversation about how, like, well, we don't know if the new RoboCops can live up to the original or something like that? I, I think I think that they do, yeah. Um, because, like, it's uh, it's that dude from the first movie, the, the assistant guy, who gave the thumbs up at the end, uh, who's just, like, he's the whole time going like don't make a new robocop are you insane the per the first one's perfectly fine <laughs> and then they remade it and cast it all women <laughs> it's what the lady doctor tries to do that's why, why she's fucking terrible george why do you hate women <laughs> because they spurn all of my advances oh well okay that makes sense, I guess. I I do also really like the bit where the kids had the fire hydrant open and then Robocop turns it off and starts trying to like give them a speech and one of the kids just says, Go fuck a refrigerator. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I love it. And then he's like he's going back to the car and he like shoves his partner behind his back, he's like, watch out! And pulls out a gun and starts shooting at a dude for smoking a cigarette. <laughs> See, I told you Robocop 2 was good. And it's then not... that just leads to the whole bit where they're just, they're rifling through all the new directives and they're up to, like, number 256 and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, we can't get these out of him unless, like, we fry his circuits and hope the insulation on his brain holds. And then Robocop immediately gets up oh yeah he goes over to, to like a transformer, transformer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just shoves his hands in there uh, <laughs> basically just like it's either this or death fuck it you got uh oh, you got the Robocop trilogy here. thing right i did yeah oh boy you're you're really yeah. in for something with the third yep Stay tuned for the next episode of Stand and Deliver, where I go on a, another 15-minute tangent, this time about RoboCop 3 and how much I do not like it. Best thing about RoboCop 3 is the Frank Miller cameo at the beginning. Oh god, that's right. I forgot that he's actually in that thing. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. RoboCop 2 is great. Where are we in this episode? Uh, <laughs> cards. He, he uh, broke cards. his finger. Cards, cards, cards. Fingers getting broken. Oh, got the kid. The kid is dealing. Get, that, get that's where kid. it was. Because I was thinking, of, catch that kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Break okay. the kid's fingers. Whoa! Wait. What? <laughs> Sorry. What? Did, what did you say? Nothing. No. Let's move on. <laughs> Boy, I really hope you said break the kid. No. I, no. I said break the kid's fingers. 
Oh, okay. What did well, you think that's I good. said? Uh, boy, I don't, don't want to say oh, anything. No. You go dig up this no. podcast. We're going to get fired from Guardians of the Galaxies 4. Guardians of the Galaxy 4. <laughs> Holy not Christ. What I said at all. No, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about breaking this kid's finger at the joint. Oh, well, that's fine. What's wrong with you? Oh that's my fine. god, you're that's, sick. That's why I asked. Call the I wanted to make sure. This one never sure. going to let us direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 now. I'm going to have to pull the bid. So, we can do Iron Man 4. Yeah, they'll probably be cool with that. Yeah. So and they replace Darby... uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. with Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I I tried to find oh. the most repulsive option I could think of. Feel sick now, and just I don't want to do this anymore. Darby slices on ref his soul up into six poker chips and he does the same to Joseph yeah this is what you did to me yeah so he now has 12 chips and he kind of explains how poker works which is that you can like you know you can fold and you gotta up your annies you gotta raise them and you gotta know when to hold them and we already did so... this <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> so it's Stop just so easy to slip right bits. back into it it's so easy to slip back into it. It's a great song. So yes. Jotaro's just like, okay, well then I am betting my soul in six chips. So he plops down six white chips. And he's like, also, I'm betting Abdol's soul. <laughs> I do really like that bit. Yeah. Abdol's just like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abdol's cool with it, though, because he kind of like admits, like, I'm way too emotional and I would be terrible at gambling. So, like, I know if I played you, I would lose. So, like, I sort of need Jotaro to do this. I'm fucked anyway, so he could use my soul. Yeah. Uh, so in the opening hand, Jotaro is forced to bet half of his chips uh, just to meet uh, Darby's bets, and he loses. Uh, his two pair are beat by a higher pair that Darby has. Uh, so then in the next hand, Darby has three kings, uh, but Jotaro isn't even looking at his hand. It's just sitting there on K, the felt. K, K, just saying. Oh no. He had three Ks. Oh no. What do you think well, he's Darby's trying to get a, He's trying to get a fourth one. He's trying to he's trying to get a fourth one. It's this but, little asshole kid who's not dealing the card. He messed it up. Maybe oh maybe the kid is a white supremacist. <gasps> oh no. It's just like the kid in Robocop. It's all coming <laughs> no. together. No, he, that kid was cool with that blood chick. He wasn't racist. Well, true. He was just a drug addict, and he tried to extort the mayor of Detroit. And he did shoot some people with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, just some. Yeah. He, you know, he had that one guy uh, get his stomach cut open. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the kid was cool. Yeah. So... Uh, Jotaro's not looking at his, and this is, like, starting to infuriate and confound Darby. And uh, Jotaro's just like, eh, I'm going to play my hand as is. Uh, and, like, even further, he'll up the ante. So he, that that is when he forfeits Avdol's soul. So he can, like, put more chips in. And, uh, so yeah, then Darby, and Darby's freaking out about this. Like, he's like, how could you yeah. possibly do this without even looking at your cards? And Jotaro's like, eh, I don't know. 
So here's the thing where Darby is a, is kind of a shit gambler all of a sudden is Jotaro's very obviously just bluffing because there's there's only two hands that will beat four kings. Uh-huh. And Darby even considers this. It's four aces or it's a uh, royal flush. Not a royal flush, I'm sorry. It's um Yeah, royal flush, isn't it? Well, he wouldn't be able to get a royal flush because he doesn't have the other king. Oh, right. So, so well, he probably considers that before he gets, because he does get the fourth king, which would then make, like, the only option four aces. Yeah. Okay. Or, or no, it was a... Oh, crap, what was it? It was something with a joker high. I don't know. Also, I don't, I don't, don't care. Yeah. I... I don't remember exactly what it was, but point is there are only two other hands that could possibly beat what Darby has, and it is super improbable that Jotaro actually has those. He is very obviously bluffing and trying to get into Darby's head, and I do not know why Darby has fallen for this. Yeah. Uh, But he does. He's freaking out. And also, this is kind of the most messed up part for me, where Jotaro just bets Kakyoin's soul as well, even though he's not even there. (laughs) He's just like, hey, I'll throw this in as a bonus. Here you go. Here, give me a piece of paper. I'll just write down, I'm giving up my friend, my blind friend's soul. (laughs) He has no idea what's going on. Did I mention he's blind? He's just lying. He's convalescing in a hospital somewhere. Have his soul. Why don't you? Yeah, take it. Fuck that, dude. I mean, it's not doing anything for me. What have you done for me lately, Kakuin? Boy. Boy. Uh, yeah, and, and he's doing this because Darby does uh, go all in against him. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is it. This is this is the bet. And then uh, Shotaro's also like, oh, yeah, I also bet my mom's soul. <laughs> so why not? She's going to die soon anyway, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whatever, if I don't actually beat Dio, she's going to be dead. So if I fail here, she's going to be dead. So yeah, I'm just going to better her soul. Which, like, that really, really, really gets into Darby's head. Uh And then what pushes him even further is Jotaro then lights up a cigarette. Yeah. And And then this is where... Things go to hell for me because in in the broadcast version, they completely throw over a black shadow on Jotaro's face. And it's not even a well done one because it's like bleeding out on the sides. Yeah. The weird thing is a black fuzzy blob. If they just did that so like at least it covered his whole face, then it would be it would look better than what they actually put in it, which is just the lower half of his face. It just makes yeah. it, like, at least if it was all in shadow, it'd be kind of like, you know, when you see Dio in shadow or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's like a cool some guy. Style. Yeah. Cool yeah. dude. Yeah. So I I was talking about this uh, with somebody recently where I remember my perception of Japanese TV back when I was a kid was like, oh, man, Japan, like, gets up to so much crazy crap on TV. Like, they're showing sex. They got weird pervert shows on there. Like, damn, American TV is so tame. They're just getting up to all kinds of dirt in Japan. And now it's like that's been flipped around. Where in America, you can have really grotesque violence on TV. You can get away with a lot more language on TV and a lot riskier subject matter. 
And in Japan, it's like, you can't even show this teenage cartoon character with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. And then the same episode in the United States is uncut. Huh. It's him with a cigarette in his mouth. That is strange. Yeah, it's it's this bizarre inversion where American TV actually seems a whole lot more raunchy than Japan TV now. I mean, and I, then I, I kind do of... think Japan in general has really cracked down on smoking, like, a lot in the past few years. So, um, but that's the weird thing, is there not that many episodes ago, you had Oingo rearrange his face to appear to be Jotaro, an sh- underage character who sure. everyone else treated as the real Jotaro, and he had... Five cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> Not only one, but five. He was standing on top of a cigarette made of his own mind. <laughs> True, but that wasn't actually Jotaro. But there were other parts too, I feel like it has shown him smoking, or maybe it sort of got around it by just like showing him like throwing the cigarette away when he was done with yeah, it or, or something. It's in his hands and it's not lit or yeah. something like that. Because there, there was one part in the last batch of episodes where he was uh, standing with Polnareff and they were both smoking, but I think maybe it was, like, shown from behind. Yeah, and, and so actually, part of why I, I even thought of the Oingo stuff is I sort of looked up, like, I was curious what the TV regula- regulations are in Japan, specifically about smoking, and got taken to a, down a TV tropes hole about not showing smoking on TV. And one of my favorite examples I found of this was in Blue Sub Number 6, and I totally forgot about this, how the main character in the U.S. version, instead of smoking, he has uh, toothpicks in his mouth. But there's a scene where he takes the toothpick out of his mouth, throws it on the ground, stamps it out with his foot, then takes another toothpick out of his pocket and puts it in his mouth. (laughs) That's really good. Yes, it is. Uh, but this like looks like crap in this episode. It looks terrible. Should also mention if we're talking about uh, TV shows where they couldn't show smoking, the Constantine show, uh, famously, oh, right, made it so yeah. he couldn't smoke in that. Like, if you're going to list things about Constantine, like blonde hair, trench coat, constantly smokes. Those are like the three things. I mean, there's a whole thing with him like making a deal with the devil to like cure his cancer. But that's yeah. a, a uh, character yes. bit with him. That is part of who he is. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that is the end result of it. But, yeah, it, it was specifically... Like, Dangerous Habits was the name of it, and, like, the trade paperback of that is him on a giant cigarette package. So... Yeah, man. Man! But, you know, just having the character not smoke, I think, would at least present itself better than what they did here. Where it just looks really, really yes. Uh, and then, and then this is my favorite part: is they're in a bar, and presumably the next thing that Jotaro does to psych out his opponent is he now has like a festive alcoholic drink that he's sipping through a straw, <laughs> and they're showing that. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we know where to draw the line. He's, Kids he's just, getting their drink on. He's okay, just, okay. He's getting girl drink drunk over there. <laughs> yes. I was about to say that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jotaro never you fights hadn't. Dio. Yeah, Jos- Jotaro never fights Dio because he's like paying a kid to go buy him ice cream so he can mix it in with like whiskey or something. Yeah, he needs to get his own remember. umbrellas. 
<laughs> yeah, pulls one out of his pocket. <sighs> so then Darby is so freaking out now. He's like, all right, fine, I call. And then Jotaro's like, I still got the right to raise. And then <laughs> we get the longest uh, R roll, I think, in the history of television. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, all of Darby's freak out here is really good. Yeah. I, I wish I could roll my R's, man. Yeah. Just saying. Raise? I, I, that's Raise. what I can do. Raise. Yeah. I can do. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, that's fun. It's easy and fun. Just like me. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do like a really good impression of what Darby's doing. Uh, so hats off to this like banjo guy because it is banjo ginga. R's and L sounds are kind of a problem in Japan. So uh -huh. the fact that this dude can hella roll his R's like this is amazing. Especially considering he pulled out that Mr. Joster thing before. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he pulled this off. Yeah, no idea. Uh, but this, so that is why uh, Jotaro then raises his mother's soul. Um, and then in order to match his bet, the only thing equivalent that Jotaro will accept is the secret of Dio's stand. And Darby understands that revealing that would cost him his life. Yeah. So everyone now, besides Jotaro, is having full-on panic attacks. Darby's acting like... Uh the killer in a phoenix right game after you've pressed them a bunch and presented the right evidence like he's just basically like tearing off his shirt and screaming he's just falling Scratch on the ground and yeah, twitching hyperventilating and it's just, just like all of his and he can't do it yeah He's sweating profusely, He's, all of his fluids are expelling his body, his hair is turning white. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite part. And then, like, he crushes his cards in his hands while he's, like, hunched over the table going, like, ka 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 ka, -ka. And then he just seizes up and passes out while standing up. But he's still twitching, like, on the floor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Much like uh, the Harry Hasano classic sportsman, Darby is twitching, throbbing, twitching, throbbing. Uh-huh. Uh, and because uh, this happens to him, much like Joseph, he uh, sort of forfeited in his own mind. So then all the souls are freed, uh, including Polnareff and Joseph, and everybody else that Darby has bested in gambling uh, but their bodies are long since dead, so they're just going to pass on. Yeah. They just, like, float up into the sky, and they're like, bye! Yeah, they they bust out of there, like, uh, when uh, Dicklish shut off the uh, containment unit. Exactly. Gonna be cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Yeah. Iggy and that uh, cat with the fish, they're going to be pals now. Oh, no. You'd never That's be right. able to stop them. No. Well, you'd never be able to stop Iggy. 
I don't Not know. Well, the cat's, the cat's the brain, the brains behind the operation. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, Darby's like writhing on the ground. And he's like, "Hey, everybody, let's play mahjong. That's fun. <laughs> what about dice? We can play dice. I don't have any dice on me. Dice. Figure it out. Yeah." Dice. Because uh, he lost so hard that he's insane now. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. And they're, yeah, and they're like, uh, okay, well, we're not going to get any information out of him, so we blew a day and Holly's going to be dead in like three more. This is a great way to spend our time. Yeah, Joseph says he like got a call from the Speedwagon Foundation. <laughs> Things not looking good. Yeah. Holly died while we were poker chips. <laughs> Shit. Uh, turns out that you betting her soul knocked like a week off of our timetable, so a good job on that, Jotaro. <laughs> Hope you saved some of that alcohol. You're gonna need to drink a lot of it. You know, uh, to forget. That's it. Uh... Manga, anime, manga anime differences, differences, I bet you there are none. Well, you're wrong. Uh, uh, I should have gotten a bet out of you, see if I could get another book out of this one. But no, there is a difference, which is that Darby's cracking under pressure and subsequent defeat are extended. That's it. Mm, that, is a, that is a weak difference. Uh, it's a difference. Not uh, much of a difference. Suda says... Also, by the way, I would not take that bet because that wiki has been hilariously wrong about so many things. That That's true. <laughs> that is way too suspect to ever actually gamble on. I'm wondering if he'll mention something in an upcoming episode. It's possible that I just remember it differently from how it actually happened, but we'll find out. Um, Suda says... With everything happening while sitting in the same location, the layout was apparently more troublesome than ever. Our chief animation director, Masahiko Komino, directly managed the episode. It's a part of the story he particularly appreciates, and he's effectively put everything in it. I liked Daniel's transformation, who's all bleached at the end of the game. Also, there's the ending where Iggy then looks from the corner of his eye. That's him, all right. What? He He's really well made for this. It's easy to use this dog to punctuate a scene as we like. Ha 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 ha. Yes, for the most part, that's all Iggy is there for. I think the fact that like Iggy is really not in these two episodes until the very end, so he's going like, "Ah, that's right, it's Iggy. You guessed it." <laughs> Probably forgot what he looked like because uh, we've not animated him for a while. Daniel's ability is really fearsome. Had he not bent to Jotaro's bluff, he would have annihilated the group in one move with a disconcerting ease. It's a really powerful enemy. There wasn't a stand fight, properly speaking, but the situation was more critical than ever. A struggle that has taken a form different than usual, but where the tension was real. Now here's here's uh, yeah. some trivia here. Darby's internal monologue says Jotaro would have had to secretly swap out all five of his cards to make a hand that could beat his own. However, Jotaro would have only needed to swap three cards to make four aces, or four cards to make a straight flush or five of a kind. I did notice that. forgot to bring it up. Yeah, it would be a straight flush, and then I think it would be a... Okay. Um, yeah, and five of a yeah, kind also, with a joker was the thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, that is uh, something that I forgot to mention, that when the game does end, they flip over the cards, and they are all crap cards. Yeah. And then Jotaro's just like, huh, yeah, if I knew that, I probably would have started freaking out. Also in the trivia here, it says the entire episode was greatly updated in the Blu-ray release, featuring animation touch-ups, Jotaro's smoking being uncensored, and several scene <sighs> changes entirely. Hmm. So, okay. That's part of why I do not like watching broadcast versions of anime straight from Japan, is a thing that has become more frequent over there is, like, bad animation being in the broadcast versions and then mm. that getting ironed out in the Blu-ray releases. Or stuff where, like, they rearrange transitions to scenes, or they uncensor stuff that probably shouldn't have been censored to begin with. Well, so, as I mentioned to you off-air, because you were talking about the smoking thing to me you know, before recording this, I don't remember any major things like that in Part 4. Like, there are some parts where their, like, arms cut off and, like, the edge of it is, like, black, but it looks more like a stylistic choice and less like someone just smashed a black blob over yeah. it. Yeah, it, it is... It... I probably wouldn't be that bothered by something like that. It's that in these broadcast versions that I've now sort of segued into watching uh, for part three, it's like super excessive. Yep. Like there, there's a bit here in this next one where we flash back to Oingo getting blown up and there's just a big black shadow straight down the middle of him. The uncensored version of that doesn't actually have him, like, being split in two. It's just blood gushing up from the middle of him. I don't even know what there is to censor. Yeah. It's like coming out of his skin, basically. It's weird. Next episode. Speaking of that episode, whole horse! Our most favorite boy, besides Paul and Ref. Goes back to Dio's place. He's like, hey, I got news about Maria, uh, Mariah, and Alessi, and Dio, uh, they're dead. And Dio's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> sucked. Yeah, thanks for the report. Yeah. What about you? You suck too, and you aren't dead. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> so Dio wants whole horse to kill. Kill. <laughs> kill. <laughs> and uh i know we have mentioned that on here before we definitely have like i think in the last episode uh, so he also does this little demonstration where he puts uh burn marks on his index fingers uh using horse's cigarette and it heals faster on one finger than the other and he's like oh okay uh I can't remember what side of his body, but like one side of his body is not healing as quickly and is therefore weaker. Left, left side, is okay. And so he's still not adapted to Jonathan's body yet. So he's Seems like, like he I, I can't had long enough. Them. Yeah, he had four years since he's been out of his grave. Yeah, since he woes from and his grave. That's right. They buried him with his money. <laughs> Different game. <laughs> Yeah. So, so he can't fight them yet. He's like, I, you know, I'm too weak. Uh, so I need you guys to like at the very least slow them down. Um. So he's like, Ah, be gone, whole horse. Go murder these people for me. And the whole horse starts thinking like, but I could kill Dio. I got a gun. 
I, I thought you were going to say Dio was like, be gone, thought, and tells <laughs> Whole Horse to leave. Whole Horse is thick with two C's. Dio, the thought destroyer. <laughs> uh, so Whole Horse creeps up on Dio while he's reading this book. He's like, I got a gun. I got a gun. I can just shoot him in the head. <laughs> this is a great I'm plan. a gunman. Yeah. Why didn't I think of this before? I just step behind someone when they're not paying attention. I could shoot them in the skull and then they'll die. And then uh, Dio's like, well, do it. Go for it, you <laughs> yeah, pussy. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he doesn't actually manage to shoot Dio because Dio suddenly appears behind him and Whole Horse can't fathom how this is the case other than it must be connected to a stand uh, uh-huh. which you and I understand how his stand works he stopped time and he just walked around him have they ever shown that like at this point this is the first time I think they actually show him use his stand okay the stand itself appeared though right like, wasn't there a bit where it kind of showed up behind him, like when Whole Horse came and he showed him in the crystal ball or whatever? I'm not sure, but maybe. I thought there was. It might be something like they added to the anime, sort of like how Pet Shop was in that one scene. Yeah, I think it's that same scene. Yeah, it Yeah, it might be. I, I don't quite remember. Um, but Dio likes Whole Horse. Who doesn't? Well, no one. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Stardust Crusaders aren't too fond of him. What with him constantly trying to kill them. Yeah, Boingo also not too keen on whole horse. Uh, Badio thinks that him trying to shoot him in the back of the head was a hoot. Yeah, he's like, ah, you like, got yeah. gumption. Yeah, you got moxie, kid. That's uh-huh. how you know I'm old. No one says moxie anymore. Nope, only a three hundred year old vampires say moxie. I guess he wouldn't be 300, like 120. Yeah. Dio would not take kindly to you making you out to be so old. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, excuse me, Lord Dio. <laughs> I didn't mean to imply that you were old. Oh. Oh. Oh, horse horizon, Cairo. He shoots a dude's ear off. Right? Yeah, goes to a taxi outside and tries to get it. These other two guys bum out of ways like, yeah, check this out, blap, and shoots the dude's ear <laughs> off. Like, I shot I do you, not what do you time. think of that? Yeah, I do not have time for this. Uh, he's in the cab and he has this uh, briefcase. He's like, I'm going to open up this briefcase now and you better behave yourself. And uh, it's Boingo in the briefcase, and he's bound and gagged because Whole Horse kidnapped this child sure. from Aswan, shoved him in a briefcase, took him on an airplane. And he's like, yeah, you and I are going to be best buddies because we need to kill the Stardust Crusaders. Like, you want revenge. I want revenge. It's going to be a great time. So I'm going to take this this gag off of you, and you better not scream. And, uh... Boingo doesn't scream and said he vomits profusely. <laughs> sure. I like how you describe Whole Horse as basically being like Beetlejuice. 
Like he's just like, hey, the Stardust Crusaders, you hate them, I hate them. Let's get them together, right? Yeah. All right, come on, man. We're wearing the same clothes. We're simpatico over here. Hey, what? nice fucking stand. What do you think of this? Yeah. Oh, man. This just makes me want to watch Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, it's a great movie. So, remember when Tim Burton to... didn't suck? Oh, uh, yeah. Like two decades ago, dude. Yeah. Oh. Stop being good when I was like 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poinko is like, he's a fire hydrant of vomit. Yes. It's just like <laughs> somebody <laughs> just turned on a faucet. And the kid, the cab driver is just over here going like, oh, oh man, no, what are you doing to my cab, man? Oh Jesus, oh no, this ain't good. The back of his uh... cab looks like Flint, Michigan. <laughs> It's just Poinko, Poinko's vomit is still not drinkable. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> but I'm like the horse is just sitting there, very calm, getting puked on, and going, "Ah, yeah, being on the plane probably made you sick." Also, that means Boingo's just been like vomiting against that tape this whole time pretty much it's amazing he didn't pull a Jimi hendrix and just choke on it in that trunk oh god whole horse opens up the fucking trunk this is just this dead little puke covered boy <laughs> he just got belushied in there uh. oh god it's just like chris farley oh no oh man oh this is bad it's a tiny mama cass oh no I hope everyone appreciates this Calvin Clade of dead celebrities that choked on their own vomit. Uh, God. I didn't want him to turn out like Keith Moon. <laughs> so he's going to use Boingo's book uh, and its predictions to become unstoppable in the fight against the Joe Stars, but he's not quite convinced that this book is all it's made out to be. Uh, so he ends up reading one of the predictions in the book, which is that a beautiful woman would pass by him and then whole horse will fucking bicycle kick her head. Sure, just Liu Kang style. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'll just stand up and give him money. And then it's like the the bit when they found the wallet where it's like, oh, whole horse and Boingo are so lucky and they're rich. Yippee! So... Pole Horse is like, uh, yeah, I don't think any of this is going to happen because I'll have you know I am a, a gentleman and I would never raise my hand to a woman. I mean, I don't know about that. Uh, no, he totally kicks the shit out of this woman's head. Yes, well, he does it because he gets paranoid. <laughs> yeah, so... She walks by, and the, the more he's sitting here going, like, I will definitely not kick her in the head. I do not kick women in the head. I'm whole horse. Whole horse holds whole horse to whole standards. Yeah, 100% and then just, whole horse. Just pivots, sprints at this woman, jumps into the air, and kicks her in the back of the head. Uh-huh. And it turns out there was a, a very deadly scorpion on her neck. That whole horse did not know was there. Uh, nope. But when they find out that it was there, the woman's like, oh, you saved my life. Please take this priceless jewel that I have. 
And then Whole Horse and, looks at Boingo, who is like, that's right. Now yeah. what? My prediction's 100%, baby. <laughs> hey, cha-cha. <laughs> you read the book, you do what it says. Is the book uh, written by Anne Rand, by any chance? Oh, maybe. Is Dennis Miller an objectivist? It's a piece of shit is what he is, but uh, yeah, sure. sure. No, that's, uh, that sounds mutually exclusive. Uh, no. That's the know. opposite of mutually exclusive. Oh. That would mean you can't be both. Hmm. It's kind of the opposite. Is a Dennis Miller not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, but he is entitled to Curly's gold. No, wait, that's Billy Crystal. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you can't... Oh, and That's even from something I had to delete from a previous episode. And you're still bringing it back. <laughs> recording mishaps. May everybody miss the part where you can't tell the difference between <laughs> Dennis Miller and Billy Crystal. <sighs> They're both Jewish and they have curly hair. It's impossible to tell the difference between them. <laughs> I don't Is know that, how anyone's They supposed- don't look alike at all. Find me one person who you put them side by side. You do the Coke Pepsi taste test with these motherfuckers. No one's going to be able to tell the difference. Now, if you said, like, I confuse Billy Crystal with Art Garfunkel, that I would understand. Dennis Miller, no. That's crazy. I disagree. All right. The recording better not have a mishap this time so we can establish on the record that I disagree with you. Those two men separated at birth, Sister Sister, the remake, Gender Flip It, Billy Crystal, and uh, what's this other guy's name again? Dennis Miller. (laughs) You don't even remember his name. Can you do me a favor? On this bit, could you just edit in that bit from Twin Peaks where they say One and the same. Okay, sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so they finally caught up with the <laughs> they finally caught up with the Stardust Crusaders. Uh, who are like shockingly nearby Dio's plays. Okay. Like, it's right down the street. Uh, and Whole Horse is even like, oh my god, I can't believe they made it this close. Good thing they're idiots and they're never going to figure it out. Not for at least, like, another ten episodes. Yeah. So, he's starting to... He, he consults the book again, and the book basically says that he will defeat the Stardust Crusaders after shoving his fingers up Polnareff's nose. Like, the directions are basically... You see them, you stick your fingers in Polnareff's nose, then they're dead. Yeah, this and so one seems horse... really vague. Yeah, so Whole Horse is like, okay, I don't know how to actually make this prediction come true because there's a lot between fingers up nose and dead. Uh, but 
Polnareff ends up like suspecting that someone's around the corner, I think, and he comes face to face with Whole Horse, and there's a bit of like a freak out, and then in the confusion, Whole Horse's fingers, sure enough, end up Polnareff's nose. Uh-huh. Uh, well, all this is going on, really by the way. up there, too. Oh, yeah. Like, like to he, the knuckle. Yeah, he he's just mining for gold up there. Curly's gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. Ugh. Oh, God, that movie is really bad, too. Yeah, so, the first one's okay. Yeah. The great Daniel Stern? Was uh, that part well, with this a is... live calf birth? What was up with that? I completely forgot about that. Yeah. It's starting to come back to me now. Maybe it was a horse. Uh, well, uh, well, all gross. this is going... Well, all this is going on! Boingo is hiding underneath a box. Just a box. This is... Yeah. It's important for later. Yeah, it says the orange on the side of it. Yeah. See, if you put uh, on the right and... box and then you get in a truck, then it'll it'll take you to the other part of the base. Yeah, the other part of Cairo. Yeah. So, uh, Polnareff starts to notice that someone's under the box though, because he sees like somebody's fingers sticking out. Oh, and that and that is when Whole Horse like flips around and accidentally. Or I think maybe intentionally shows his fingers up Polnareff's nose. Yeah. Oh. And uh, that's I, the end I of the sh- episode. But yeah. I I want to mention, in this one they uh censor out Oingo and Boingo on the comic, uh since they renamed them to Zenyatta and Mandata. I th- don't think they changed it in the previous episode though. I think it still said Oingo Boingo Brothers Adventure on the book. This no. one, they see the linked it out. I know that that my version of that other episode was the uncut one because it didn't have the the black shadow in the middle of Wingo and the subtitles still called them Wingo and Boingo. Yeah. Um. Um. But the best part is there's one part where for some reason it just becomes uncensored. Like there, it's just a part <laughs> where he's leaning down next to the box and the purple over it just disappears and it just clearly oh, says Wingo nice. Boingo. <laughs> So, a- another funny thing about this, I had actually watched a decent amount of this episode in the English dub because I was sort of curious what the voice actors at this point in the show sounded like. Um, the end credits theme is another version of the Oingo Boingo Brothers theme that we did a few episodes ago, but it swaps out Oingo with Whole Horse. Yep. In the American dub of this, they do not dub over this song, so they're still very much saying Boingo. Yeah. Okay. Except then the subtitles say Mandata, and <laughs> so there's this total disconnect. Alright. Uh, it's a great ending, though. Like, yes. the whole horse looks so great. He has a long penis nose yeah, in the I was comic mention, book version. A, a lot of the versions of the people in the comics look gross anyway, but whole horse is like a level beyond that, which has... I think it has to be because Boingo dislikes him so much that he just looks yeah. horrendous in it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, also, I still really like Boingo's voice actor. Like, pretty much everything about him. Just like, especially yeah, the way I... he's ending, like, hi, this, uh, hi, at, like, every sentence. And just, like, the... I love it. <sighs> That that is part of why I wanted to watch it in English. Is I was curious how well the English voice actor did with that character, and uh, not good. Oh, 
just That's disappointing. Generic little, just generic little kid voice, basically. Mm. Bummer. Yeah. Manga anime differences in the anime. The section where Whole Horse encounters Dio happens after the Crusader's encounter with Daniel J. Darby. In the manga, this chapter happens after the Crusader's encounter with Alessi. Eh? Okay. It, it makes sense because he's going there to report on the deaths of, well, the defeat, rather, of Mariah and Alessi. But he yeah. doesn't mention anything about Darby. Uh, right. But in, as far as, like, pacing for a TV show goes, that doesn't quite work. I guess so. Suda says... This episode begins with Whole Horse face-to-face with Dio. The former discovers his insignificance before Dio, who is presented as the incarnation of charisma, just like The Rock. Although in the last part of the series, we will see him Wait, afraid... Wait, was that Suda saying it? No, that was me. Although in the last uh, part of the series, <laughs> we will see him afraid of the Joestar lineage when he'll finally fight Jotaro's group. Wow, Suda, Spoilers! Well, no, I just don't even want to watch the rest of this. Whole Horse and Boingo make for a grotesque duo, which ends up being really funny. Boingo pukes a lot of stuff without stopping, but it strangely ends up looking good, and it lays out the foundation of their relationship. <laughs> ha 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 ha. What? Right. Man, Suda, I, I don't know. We've had barely enough time to learn that Holly won't have much time left, that the fight against Whole Horse starts in the corner of an alley in Cairo. That sentence is a fucking mess. <laughs> We've had barely enough time to learn that Holly won't have much time left. That the fight against Whole Horse starts in the corner of an alley in Cairo. I'm just going to shout that one up to the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Wikia. <sighs> uh, Man. Great job, team. Yeah, no kidding. About the streets and the city escape, or the cityscapes, I recommend you to consult the background designs if you can. They are real paintings, truly an excellent work. At the end, Whole Horse sticks his fingers in Polnareff's nose for a still obscure reason. Of course, we'll end the episode on this. Ha ha ha. It's the second time oh, that we man. use a special ending with this episode. In reality, the song had been recorded six months prior, so Hidenobu Kiyuchi, Whole Horse VA, and Motoko Kumai, Boingo, have waited a long time before hearing themselves sing on TV. Imagine if you were watching this on TV and you had to wait a whole week to figure out where they were going with Whole Horse's fingers up Ponoref's nose. Oh man, the wait would be unbearable. <laughs> hey, Get, we're going to be in that boat pretty soon. Oh no. In, in Whole a couple horse. months. Uh-oh. Oh, hor- oh god, that's right, part 5. Yeah, we're going to have to be watching that as <sighs> it airs. Oh, that's going to be rough. Uh Whole horse uh loses his grip on Polnareff's nose, saying no those digits are not in there for very long. Uh, but he has he come back to the, on the back of uh, Polnareff's head. He's got him at gunpoint. And he's like, okay, Avdol, okay, uh, Joseph, and Jotaro are on their way. You need to tell them to leave or I will shoot you. I will shoot you in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like my version of a whole verse. <laughs> um, 
So, like, they got this weird setup where, like, Polnareff is leaning against the wall, but there's, like, a corner and, like, whole horses kind of ducked around the corner with a gun to Polnareff's head. And so Polnareff is just making up, like, lame excuses to get them to go away, but he's also trying to, like, signal to the group that whole horses around the corner. And he does this by extending his tongue, like, at least a foot out of his mouth, warping it into the shape of an arrow. And then using that to, like, point to his side. Yep, and nobody can figure it out. No, well, Avdol does, and then Avdol, like, a smarty, just blurts out, like, Hey, what's the matter? Somebody around that corner? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I think he's trying to say somebody's behind him. Oh. Oh, oh, no. So then... Whole horse is like, all right, that's it. I'm just gonna shoot him. But Polnareff, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna shoot him. I'm gonna shoot him. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, do it. it. I'm, gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. He's gonna do. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 uh, and so he tries to shoot him, but Polnareff has to sneeze, which causes Whole Horse to just stumble out into the open like a real dummy. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens here. I, I Somehow, like, Whole Horse ends up getting knocked into a couple of uh, vases full of oil. Yep. Which, at the... So... At the start of this, for whatever reason, because it comes out yellow, I thought these were, like, just pots full of piss. <laughs> no. Because the, the depictions of Middle East culture in this show so far have not been great, so I didn't know if maybe Iraqi heard once that, like, people just pissed in pots on the streets of Cairo or something. I think it's supposed to be olive oil, I think. It's also still just weird that there would be giant vases of oil in the middle of the street, but, in like, Egypt? whatever. Eh. I don't I don't know what they get up to over there, and I suspect that Iraqi doesn't know what they get up to over there either. Look, I played Assassin's Creed Origins. I know all about what they're up to over there. Yeah, instead of saying money, 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 <laughs> they say oil, oil, oil. You, you knock it. it over, they just start scooping it up, sucking it all up. Creates a good distraction. <laughs> just drink it straight off the ground. <laughs> Oil! I love oil! Just like that. I hate this podcast. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Why does anybody listen to this? This is... This was a mistake. We've gone more off the rails with this podcast than this car that's about to hit our heroes. How's that for a second? I do good. Yeah, great. Uh, it's driven by the dude who got his ear shot off in the last episode. He's like, hey, it's that fucker. I'll show him. <laughs> he just, like, I tries like... to run him over. I like that th- th- this idea that he has, since his ear has been shot off, been furiously driving around Cairo trying to find this guy just so he could hit him with his car. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, And then, like, when he has his chance, the car slips on oil. <laughs> olive oil. Don't think it would work that way. 
but it veers in the wrong direction and just runs over all of our heroes. Yep. It's a Steerike. Yeah. And instead of shooting them all in the head after they've been hit by the car, whole horse decides to run away. Well, he mentions, like, I could finish them off right now, and Boingo says, no, we have to follow the comic. Yeah, no, he's a stupid little boy. Shoot him in the head. Yeah. They're, like, all knocked out. Like, even Jotaro, who is actually revealed to be the only one who wasn't knocked out, still takes a while to get up. You got magic bullets. You, like, fire one into one of their their heads and just, like, loop it around into all their skulls. One bullet. Do them all like uh, that part in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with the Yondu's thing where he's just going like, woo, 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 and whipping it around in that part and killing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he doesn't do that. He looks at the book, and the book says that at noon sharp, he will pay two nearby construction workers who are working on piping to remove part of the pipe, Pipes. which he will then shoot his... And they'll go through. <laughs> Pipes, am I right, bro? Right? Pipes? Funny, bro. <laughs> get those pipes, man. Pipes. Dude, have you seen my keys? You know what I mean, man? Pipes. <laughs> puff, puff, toke. Tune in and smoke. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so he's going to send these through the uh, Microsoft screensaver pipes because that's how these start laid out. Yeah. And they'll go through like the that, pipes that they'll... mini game in Mario Party where it shows the chests at the bottom and you have to like pick oh, which no. pipe to go through at the top. The worst stand power is the one that forces you to play Mario Party. Oh god. No. <laughs> you die in so... Mario Party, you die in real life. Shit. So like the pipes will end up d- depositing out the the bullets will deposit themselves out of the pipe right in line with Jotaro's head as he's standing up uh, just across the, the way. Again, super convoluted. Could have just shot them all in the head, but Whole Horse has dedicated himself to the book, the good book. Have, you heard, about cooking our... by the book. have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Boingo? Uh, you know, I, Zen... I'm not really interested right now. Um, but... Boingo oh. died for your sins. Oh. Yeah, that's cool, but a lot of you guys just keep coming to the house, like, knocking on my door. I'm trying to get stuff done. It's great and everything. But Are you trying I'm to get just, up? I'm just not re- Well, it's not really important. What's your um, name? I don't need... You could look on the mailbox your, if you really wanted to know. What's your neighbor's name? I'm not telling you my neighbor's name. Go over and talk to them. Well, why not? Look... Once Prince came by here when he was Jehovah's Witness, and that still didn't work on me, so why do you think you're going to get anything done? He left a copy of Purple Rain on my doorstep. He just, just faded into the night. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a good movie. He just gave me a plate of pancakes and left. Uh, whole horse runs over to these... Hilarious looking, these real Muppet motherfuckers working on these pipes. And it's like, ah, yo, 
take one of the pipes off or I will beat you. Yeah, that's what he immediately to... goes to. Yeah. yeah, the book said I'd pay you, but I ain't paying you. And they're like, hell no. They're like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, okay, I'll shoot you with a gun. Oh, no one can see my gun. Uh, all right, fine, I'll pay you. I'm kind of on a time limit. I need to get this done. I really oh, wish that no, part had shown it from their perspective of just him saying, like, yeah. all right, I'll kill you. And just, like, making gun fingers at them, basically. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't have his money, so he has to take money from Boingo and pay them with that. And then he drops the money, so they got to slowly pick the money up. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, it's our tea break right now. So uh, we'll yeah. get to that pipe thing in just a minute. Should be so noted, then, the only oh, money Boingo had was in a coin purse. So he's basically like paying them with pennies like some grandma. Yeah. It just spills it everywhere. There. They just count what? up 20 pounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's carrying around like a bunch of silver dollars, basically. Uh, and then, yeah, whole horse, uh, seeing that they're taking too long, just picks up a rock. And is like, seriously, I will hurt you if you do not do this. Mm-hmm. I could have done do that. With, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Also, you know what? Said. Maybe he could have done it himself. Just knock him out and take their wrench. It's not well, that so hard I to take that... a pipe off. Yes, but I think the the logic there is he just tells them to remove a piece of pipe, so it is whatever pipe they remove is the correct pipe. Otherwise, he might not necessarily get it right. It's also all one pipe. Yeah, like the whole yeah. point is that also, it's a pipe that goes to Jotaro. Also, he curves his bullets, so I feel like he could have maybe just shot straight up into the air and then just had it come straight down. Probably. Uh, whole horse not playing with the whole deck. No. Well, unlike Darby, who definitely <laughs> did play with the whole deck. Sure. Like that one. Good. Good pun. Yep. Great job. Yeah. Uh, so whole, whole horse just starts dumping into this pipe and uh, it doesn't work the bullets come out uh, as he's helping up Polnareff and then Polnareff sneezes again because his nose is still itchy from whole horse's gross dirty fingers being inside his nose so then like whole horse is like what the hell man like I thought this book like everything was right in the book I don't get it I'll get it. This is stupid. Let me see your stupid book. And as he's holding it up, his bullets curve around. Well, wait. He he doesn't find out the reason it didn't work, which is that uh, a car drives by and he hears on the radio, it's like, now here's your news for noon. And uh, also looks at like the giant clock that is just now ticking to noon. So his watch was slightly fast. So he shot yeah, it at the Yeah, and... And Boingo also points out that if you defy the book, then there are, like, grave consequences. Yes, very grave. Yeah, because uh, his bullets end up curving in the air, and uh, he gets shot in the damn head by his own bullet. <laughs> Through the book, it hits exactly where the bullets are on the picture of Jotaro in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Which, alright, great, um... Uh, then the book's prediction didn't actually come true, so I don't get it. Well, it uh, I mean, kind of did. It went through where Jotaro is in the book. I guess. Like, it hit those exact I, I parts. Mean, 
it's it's more that a little bit of water pops out of the pipe and splashes Jotaro in the forehead, and that's supposed to be what's represented in the book because he makes the same face. But then that doesn't quite make sense because the fluid that was hitting him in the forehead in the book was red, but the stuff that came out was just like dirty water was gray. And then I kind of noted here, like, I wonder if that was censored, if it was like whole horse's blood got in the pipe and splashed out. I don't think so. I I don't know. It's weird this thing they're going for to try to connect it. It's almost like a Rocky kind of wrote himself into a corner with the prediction and sort of like sloppily wrote his way out of it. Yeah. So the way Whole Horse gets knocked out that I remembered what wait, maybe this actually happened did this happen in the previous one where like he tries to shoot them and they just grab a pipe and shove it in front of him and then he shoots into it and just curves through and hits him in the face. Did that happen previously? Because uh, I feel no, like he wasn't. Hmm. He wasn't ever shot with his own bullets before. It was that he got like scared off because he didn't have a partner the first time, and then the second time was that Inyaba, 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 right? Uh, just messes him up real bad, and then he steals their uh, jeep. Yeah. Okay, well, the way I seem to remember him going out was basically just Jotaro or somebody just picking up a pipe and him just accidentally shooting into it and shooting himself like Wily e. Coyote style. That would be pretty good. Yeah, just like uh, but no, the... Wabbit season, Duck season, just blow his beak on the other side of his head. Uh, but uh, speaking of writing... Uh... Writing into corners, I think that Araki maybe realized he didn't want to kill Whole Horse off because he's still alive. Uh-huh. And... He's on a stretcher. And the, the investigator's like, oh, yeah, seen it once, seen it a million times. This guy got shot in the head, and then the bullet curved up right before it hit his brain. Yeah, really lucky. Uh, Whole Horse never appears again. <laughs> million and one shot, Doc. Million and one. <laughs> R.I.P. Whole Horse, you're technically not dead, but might as well be, because yep. that's it for you. <laughs> Whole Horse will never be in another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure ever again. But after this, it's my favorite part of any of these episodes, where Boingo starts talking about how he's realized the error of his ways, and he shouldn't like try to take revenge on everybody, instead help people. And it has this really inspirational speech with these clouds above him and rays of light coming down on him. And yeah, and he's like, you know, if we if we do good, maybe people will like us, and that yeah. would be nice. Yeah. And then, uh, what, he, he like, uh, throws the box and it smacks Iggy in the head, and Iggy yeah. attacks him, and then he ends up hospitalized, and it says he's more depressed <laughs> than ever now. Yeah. <laughs> but um Yep. We get another one of those still ending episodes with Badumch. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh manga anime differences. This section requires expansion. <laughs> <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the differences for this episode. <laughs> Good job, Jojo Wiki. <laughs> you did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh my god, that wiki sucks so much. Hold on, I'm going to edit this. Wait, 
Oh, I do not have permission to edit this page. I have to be a user. I'll do that later. Oh, I, I well, was just going to write, this gonna... wiki sucks! <laughs> okay. Suda says, Following the gag episode is another gag episode, of course. Ha 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 ha. The idea is to look at the character's struggle only for them to manage to accomplish nothing. Here, no matter everyone's initiatives, they're like the stand, Thoth's toys. It's particularly true for Whole Horse, who repeatedly and miserably fails without being able to do something about it. The poor guy is decidedly unlucky and even ends up in the hospital. At least he survived, surely a little speck of luck in the middle of his misfortune. This episode marks the end of the comical sequence, time to get serious. But just as the mangas kept things here and there to decrease the tension, the TV series will try not to become excessively serious. It is again an episode with a special ending. They were all storyboarded by Yasufumi Sajima. He did this extravagant request even though he was still busy with work, but he still offered these burlesque endings, and I am very grateful to him. That's it for this uh, week! I... Real quick, ah. I have seen uh, in my related videos something about, like, the next, uh, I believe, the next set of episodes. Now I'm wondering if it's in the manga if it gets super serious, because it's, like, multiple star platinums in baseball jerseys. That yeah. Yeah, definitely right. does not seem serious. No, it isn't. Uh, it's kind of after, like, the week after next, I would actually say, is when it ah. gets serious. All right, well, what are we watching next time? Uh, episodes 38 through 41, which are The Guardian of Hell Pet Shop, Part 1, through yes, through Darby the Player, Part 2. We're going to get Pet Shop and another Darby. And I have been looking forward to Pet Shop. Yes, and I think you'll really like Second Darby, too. Wait, so the baseball jersey thing isn't Second Darby? It is. I, oh, okay. That's... Well, you said, like, the week after next. No, I'm saying the week after next is when it gets serious. Oh, when it gets... Okay, okay. All right. My bad, I misunderstood you. Yeah, I don't know what Sue is talking about here, because the second Darby episode is pretty wacky. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, if I've been counting the amount of stand users we have left to go, it should just be two of them, and then it's... Yo. No, three. Oh, right, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a couple more in that part, but they're not mentioned in the episode title. They have really good mm. names, though. You're gonna like them. Oh, I can't wait. But anyway, yes, uh, Guardian of Hell Pet Shop Part 1 through Darby the Player Part 2. That's it. Uh, we'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. I am Larry Davis. And I'm Billy Crystal. God damn it! <laughs> What am I not? Yeah, but time is more than I knew. Sweet, softly, I'm falling in love with you. Wish me love for wishing well, the kiss and tell. Wish me love for wishing well, the kiss and tell.